Summertime is here. Great. Vacation time. Sounds wonderful. But did you ever think, what are we vacationing from? The very word vacation comes from vacating. Leaving something. But what are we leaving? And what are we entering into? This is a great opportunity to really look at ourselves in a deeper way. At our work, at our vacations, at the values, at the challenges we have. So please join me in this special summer edition. Summertime. What are we vacationing from? Hi, this is Simon Jacobson, and we will be speaking about summertime. What are we vacationing from? This program is dedicated by Ming Lim. As soon as you hear the word summer, summertime, it does evoke a certain feeling of relaxation, calm. Things are not as harsh and intense. For me, it evokes feelings and memories back when I was a child in summer camp, before that in bungalow colonies, a type of laid-back attitude. As one gets older and gets more involved in the world of work, productivity, vacation has yet another meaning, a type of like break from the action, less pressure, less deadlines, more leisure, but this is an excellent opportunity, actually, not just to uh, reminisce and to ruminate on those feelings of a midsummer's night's dream, but also on the deeper significance of our lives. And frankly, when you say the word vacation, which comes from the word vacate, you're vacating something. What are we vacating exactly? Is work the purpose of our lives? And now we're vacating that very purpose or at least slowing down the efforts. Especially and acutely this year, in contrast to the last 2020 COVID summer, there seems to be even more need for us to just kick off our shoes. Last summer, many more limitations in travel, the concerns of the virus, and so on. Now, in Europe, they like to say, maybe it's the French, that in America, they live to work. And the French or the Europeans work to live. As a matter of fact, I wrote an article about this years ago. The very nature of work was once upon a time ago, the ancient Greeks and Romans didn't see it actually as a virtue. They saw it as labor. I believe the article I called was Labor Day, beginning of the new work season after the summer. Labor was seen as that was given to the servants or to the lesser of the people. The philosopher scientists, the philosopher kings were above work. They had others doing that. They were able to focus on their own intellectual and academic and poetic and sensual 
as maybe spiritual growth. It is only in later centuries, especially once you get into Calvinist thinking, the concept of the Protestant work ethic, that turned work into a virtue. Work hard, be virtuous, be ethical, and work itself can be elevated. In Jewish thought, work has always been part of what we, why we're here. It says the human being was created to toil, to work. The question the Talmud asks, is it the work of study, of prayer, or actual labor? But work is very much part of who we very are, the very sense of a human being. On the other hand, work is a means. We work to make money, we work to be able to purchase things so we can build a better life, a home life. Some of our work is also noble. Our work does something, some benefit to society. So when you begin to think about it, the work season, we'll call it that, and summertime, where most people still continue to work, but it's just in a little more casual, more laid-back attitude, really reveals for us the deeper aspects of what our very being is about. We never vacate life. You would never say I'm vacating life. You're vacating particular function in life. So work, and even by just saying vacation, we're already saying that we are vacating something that we don't see as primary. It may be necessary, but we really want to also be able to live. We work in order to live, not just live in order to work. There's an interesting Talmudic statement that talks about a group, a community. It was called Uchlesa de Mechuzah. People who, if you hire them to do work and you didn't give them work, you have to pay them because they were so accustomed to work that it caused aggravation if they had to lax off. So most people, you pay them to work. If they don't work, great. But here you have to pay them and compensate them because you, you took away from them and the, 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 that natural capacity to work hard. Some people are workaholics. Is that good for us? It may keep you out of trouble. But it's all about context and perspective. And that's what we're going to go into, the context and perspective of our lives. So there's an expression they say, we are not physical beings on a spiritual journey. We're not physical beings on a spiritual journey. We're spiritual beings on a physical journey. What do you think? Some people would say neither. We're physical beings on a physical journey. But the fact of the matter is, each one of us has two voices, has two forces within us. We'll call one the voice of survival. Where there the focus is on surviving, paying your bills, making ends meet, finding the food, clothing, shelter, everything we need to be able to exist, sometimes in a more expansive way, but it's still all around survival and existence. There's another voice within us, another personality within us, which we'll call the transcendent voice. The transcendent voice is not satisfied with the quotidian, with routines and patterns and just getting by and just surviving. We're not satisfied, we're not fulfilled. The transcendent voice seeks, searches, even aches and longs for something deeper in life. Now that deeper can manifest itself in many ways. For some, it's through literature, through art, through music, through romance, through love, through intimacy. 
For others, it may be through faith, religion, spirituality, travel. The list goes on. All of them are about addressing a more ethereal, less tangible and concrete need within us, which is not just you're getting by that you've had a life today, you have the right food to eat, the right drink, the right enough sleep, exercise. You did what you needed to do to be able to make it, even in a, an abundant way. But there's something that's satisfying a need in human beings that we are equally necessary, and that is love, transcendence, and all that's associated with it. If we don't find that, we will look and seek out for it sometimes in unhealthy ways. At the end of the day, every addiction, nobody wants to become an addict. Every addiction is rooted in some form of attachment. Lately, they call it an attachment disorder. So a healthy attachment is an attachment that a child has to its parents, an attachment that one has to their beloved, an attachment to something that's healthy. A disorder would be that you're seeking companionship, you're seeking some attachment, some connection. However, you're not able to find it in a normal way. So you can end up finding enough substance in an experience, in unhealthy and destructive behavior, and you become addicted to it because it starts controlling you. So we all are in need of transcendence. The only question is whether we find it, and whether we find it in a healthy way or in an unhealthy way. So there you have the two voices. To visualize it, the beautiful verse in the book of Proverbs, the soul of a human being is the flame of God, is a divine flame. Study a flame. You study a flame, a very simple flame. You see something that you don't see the regular day. A force that defies gravity. A, can, a flame that's flickering, licking the air, seeking to go upward. And then you have the actual candle, the wick, that grounds and holds it down. A soul is a flickering flame. It's restless, seeking something, something beyond. Sometimes it manifests in the form of curiosity. Look at how much money has been spent. Trillions of dollars to satisfy one thing, human curiosity. The NASA experiment. Travel to outer space, to the moon, to Mars. What's out there? Is there life? Just to satisfy that, many secondary benefits came out of this exploration, but essentially it was driven by the transcendent need for a human being to seek worlds, other worlds. Animals don't have this need. You look at a cow grazing in the fields or any other animal, they may have their, they have their needs, but their need is primarily around survival. Breeding, taking care of their young, feeding, hunting when necessary. They can graze in the meadow, animal bliss, without any issues. We human beings cannot do that, even though some people hope to be able to do that, but it's really against the grain of human nature. We seek, we look upward, we see up and we want more. And again, this can manifest in beautiful ways. Look how much human growth and progress we've achieved. It can manifest in deeply spiritual ways, in the development of humanitarian and ethical and morality, making a better world for ourselves and our children. Conquering famine, poverty, hunger, and other diseases and illnesses as well as building and, and developing even greater technologies and medicines that make life more easier, higher standard of living. And then there's the other voice. 
I submit to you, my friends, that this, these two voices are conflicting and battling each other almost all the time. Who will prevail? Simply put, someone says to you, come tomorrow, 7 o'clock in the morning, we have to visit the hospital, let's just visit some sick people. You'll say, you really need me 7 o'clock in the morning? It's pretty early. So you're two voices, taking care of yourself or helping another. Throughout the day, throughout the night, throughout all 24-7 of our lives, we'll, always, we'll, we'll constantly be faced with these two options. Me or another. Me or a higher cause. So now when we carry that back to vacation and work, if your life is an egocentric life, a me-centric life, me-me, then both work and vacation is very me-oriented. The only difference is one is more invested in work and your deadlines and more pressure. And the other is, you know what, now we're relaxing, we're calming down, less deadlines, longer weekends, a few weeks of just vacating altogether, work, travel, as situations allow. However, when you look, focus on, we'll call it a higher-centric life. You can call it a God-centric life if you, life if you wish. A life that's driven by a higher cause by a spiritual cause. And however that transcendent force manifests itself, then everything is looked at differently. Your work is also part of that liberating quality. And vacation simply means, you know what, I'm taking that same mission, just taking on another shape, where I'm not so driven and not so intense and it's not so formal. So your spiritual journey continues and doesn't stop. You never vacate your spiritual journey. So this is an excellent opportunity as summertime arrives in this hemisphere to look at ourselves, to look at our values. I know you may say this is not a summertime activity. I'd rather just lie and lounge on a beach chair on an ocean front, read some type of uh, beach novel, light. But all of us have that transcendent voice. And I'm suggesting it's an excellent time where you have less pressure and more opportunity to look within. Listen, we've been doing this in the last year and a half, regardless, unwanted by the COVID pandemic that has forced us to travel inward due to the disruption and upheavals of our comfort zones and our security blankets. So why not do it willingly? Embrace it. This is the time. Summer is a time to look deeper into your own soul to explore what do you really stand for and then put your work into context as well as your vacation into context. I always love this story. I've shared it. It's a story with the Baal Shem Tov, the great mystic lived in the 18th century of Yisrael Baal Shem Tov. And this was with a colleague, a student of his called Rab Chaim Rappaport. The Baal Shem Tov sent him once on a mission and the job to do it to fulfill some purpose i don't even think we know what that what the mission was but we know the story he returns mission accomplished while shemtiv thanks him and says can you share with me how you traveled so rab mordechai and chaim rather rab chaim rapport says like the shemtiv wants to know of course he'll share but he didn't understand what's the significance. Why, why do we really care what way you went, this way or that way? And he answers, he says, well, first, the first night I stayed in an inn. Second night, there was no place to stay, so I stayed at the side of the road. I camped out. In the morning when I woke up, I washed my hands. I said my prayers. Then I sat down to have something to eat that I had taken along with me. 
I saw a brook of water, a spring of water at the edge of the road. I went over, filled up a cup, made a blessing, and drank from that water. The Baal Shem Tov jumped up with ecstasy, far greater than the very mission itself, and said, listen to these words. He said, that water has been waiting for you to come from the beginning of time to make a blessing on that water. The water has been waiting from the beginning of time for you to come and make a blessing. Think about this story. It's such a powerful story. It tells us that every moment of our lives, every place we travel to, is brimming, filled with potency. In the words of the Kabbalists, with divine sparks, divine opportunities, spiritual opportunities. Now they lay quietly. You don't necessarily see them, just like you don't see sparks within a flintstone. But when you do the right thing, they come alive. And that object, or that experience, or that encounter, or that place, or time, have been waiting from the beginning of history for you to arrive and do a good deed. In this case, make a blessing. This has impacted me in so many ways. I've traveled during my lifetime quite a few places. I often come to places and I wonder, you know, you ever walk in the woods and you see a path that people tread on. Then you see the road less traveled. And then you walk there and you say, did anyone ever walk here before me? Likely someone may have walked. But there's something beautiful to be able to make your own path. On a deeper level, it means that you have the opportunity to do something here that no one else ever did before you. It's just a fascinating way an extraordinary way to look at your life. People talk about being bored. I need change of pace. I need a novelty. I need a new high, a new experience. By all means, but it's all right in front of you. Your life is filled with such opportunities. Everything's been waiting for you to come there. The fact that someone else comes and does their thing, it's been waiting for them as well. They have something else to accomplish. So many times in my life, I've had encounters. I didn't always know where it's going to go. But this story has always inspired me that do what you have to do. Be open to the unexpected. As we enter into vacation, summertime, that's another opportunity we have is to look at again through our spiritual lens. You may be going to a place you've not gone to before, an exotic place, a vacation spot. No, you're not just going there to rest up or to take in the beautiful views or the weather and the calm and just to relax and enjoy yourself, there's something waiting to happen. And it's usually best exposed and best emerges when you don't make plans. So wherever you go, fine, you have your plans. But know there's a, be open to the spontaneity. Know there's more going on. There's a narrative you don't see. A choreography that has been painted and waiting for you. You may meet someone unexpected. Something else may happen. You look up in the sky, you see a bird. Anything can provide a lesson and inspiration, empowerment. It's such a powerful way to look at existence and life. When we're going through our motions and our routines, it's harder to see because we get caught on the groove. Sometimes it's like a broken record in the patterns of our existing lives. Whenever there's a change of pace, work moving toward a vacation time, we're moving from spring before that winter into summer. We're moving from a COVID season 
into taking off our masks and opening up a bit or more, see these transitions as opportunities, an opportunity to look at things with fresh eyes. There's nothing greater in life is to always have that, um, uh, that type of amazement. Like you look at children, look at how they look at everything. Even simple things, they look at a, an outlet. They're always looking with that free abandon, with that astonishment. Imagine always being able to have that element of looking at life with an astonishing new set of eyes, a type of freshness. The Kabbalists and the mystics teach us that existence is constantly being renewed. It's pulsating energy, which, of course, scientists, physics today, physicists today, concur with. You may not see it, but everything is pulsating with energy, even a seemingly inanimate piece of mineral. So they say it's pulsating with spiritual energy, constantly being renewed, which means there's nothing that is old. Everything is constantly being renewed. Renewable energy, call it that. But we have to tap into it. We can develop old attitudes. And old attitudes, then we just don't see it or we don't appreciate the freshness around us. Imagine if you can also sense that freshness every morning when you wake up, throughout the day, new experiences, open up a fresh new way of looking at things. And then you will be able to see an experience and tap, tap into that refreshable, renewable energy around you. And recognize that all of it is there for you to release, to open up, to free, to connect and bond with and create a better little world around you. So all this are some of the thoughts that come and should come to us as we enter vacation, as we enter summertime, what are we vacationing from? Very good question. Where is your life have been? Where have you been? And where are you going? From whence have you come and where are you going to? From where did you come and where are you going to? In the words of the ethics of our fathers. It's a very healthy way of looking at life, not taking anything for granted, not assuming anything, always looking for the new opportunities, a new way of doing something. And this is a perfect time to do so. Summer is also associated with warmth. When things are warmer, in general, it, it elicits warmth. People smile more, are warmer to each other, or at least should be. Winter, cold winter, associated more with being more isolated, having to cover up, having to escape the cold. Warmth is healthy for the human being physically and also spiritually. Say the mystics, say the Hasidic masters, that in the warmer summer months, it's easier to serve a higher purpose, to transcend and connect to something deeper. Now, most people think it's the other way around. Summer is a time when people indulge more, more pleasure, more frivolity. Is that a word? Frivolousness. Where people are more loose, which can also lead to other things that are not always so healthy. But, you know, like every blessing has two sides to it. On one side, yes, being loose, just like comforts, are blessings, but they could also be misused and abused and taken for granted. So we have to look at the summer as an opportunity as well. The warmth should bring out a deeper spiritual warmth. Not less commitment and less responsibility, but actually more so, because now we're freed somewhat from the more material pressures of our work lives. We have a little more time. Time for what? 
You can just use it for nonsense or just waste time. Or you can use it for deeper spiritual introspection. To look deeper into your own soul, soul search. And that is really the ultimate purpose of why we're here. So the real question is, why are you here? Some people, their answer is, just to take care of myself, to be happy. I don't even know why I'm here. While I'm here, I'm just going to enjoy myself. Now you're here for a purpose. You were sent for a purpose. Every move you make is a bit, the opportunity to fulfill that purpose, to make the blessing on the water, to meet somebody, not just according to your script, to be open to all kinds of interesting things. I thank God I've had a life blessed in that way. I've been open to, hopefully even more, I should even become more open to, and interesting things have happened, surprising things, sometimes bizarre things, but always enriching, allowing myself to become absorbed, to dissolve in the higher choreography of my life instead of me writing the choreography navigating, learning how to go with the punches, learning how to go with the flow. You don't always control the circumstances, but you control your attitude to them. And that too is part of this summertime ruminations and thoughts. So, a midsummer's night dream. A midsummer's night dream is not just a fantasy about different romantic and, fant- and, and possible possibilities. It's also about the ability to discover the true you, what you're really about. So wherever you may be, and whether you're at work or you're advocating or you're something in between, remember, you have the opportunity now to look at yourself and reclaim, reclaim, revisit and reclaim your very purpose in life. A purpose that it needs you because you and only you can accomplish that which you have to accomplish in this world. This has been Simon Jacobson, Meaningful Life Center, that's MeaningfulLife.com. We have a full array of offerings, a robust schedule of programming. Please take advantage of it. Covers the entire spectrum of life from A to Z. We'd love your feedback. If you like what you've heard, share this, subscribe, subscribe friends, like all the different words they use, all the different verbs and adjectives in social media. And above all, I would love to hear your feedback, your thoughts, your suggestions, your critique, anything that comes to mind. Because that's what I and we, Meaningful Life Center, are all about, as the name suggests, Meaningful Life, to find the meaning, the deeper meaning in everything you do. And when you matter, everything you do matters now and forever. Thank you very much. This program is a Wednesday night scheduled program every week, but it's archived. You can access it at any time on all platforms, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or different podcasts. Check us out at MeaningfulLife.com. Thank you. Be well. Stay healthy and have a very beautiful and healthy and meaningful summer. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.